0: Welcome, welcome, everyone. Hello. Good to talk to everyone. Be back for, I think, like, this is definitely well over now, our 10th or so podcast. Really excited to continue to meet amazing people that um, you guys haven't seen in the last two or three weeks. What I've been doing really focusing on is bringing some amazing guests with amazing stories. All day today, I've devoted to a bunch of episodes. So really excited. As you guys know, I'm Hami, CEO, founder 6AM Run. For those of you listening to this podcast, um, you know what we are trying to do is provide you with education, with motivation, with a bunch of different you know views and stories and i've really heard so many great ones over the past week as we've really brought on some interesting people without further ado i'm excited and and why i say that that way is i'm really excited for our guest i probably stephanie in the pre call should have asked last name pronunciation i did not do that Stephanie, please, if you don't mind, introduce yourself and how you and I met, and I want you to get right into your story. It amazes me. It motivated me just by us emailing each other. So, Stephanie, without further ado, how welcome to 6AM Run Podcast.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to be here today, and I am Stephanie Luaris. I'm the owner of Heart and Soul Fitness and Wellness, stationed in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, but I serve really clients around the world. And that's exciting for me because I get to share my passion with everyone else. I'm a body positive personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, author, speaker, lots of titles to say, my goal is to help you feel good in your body. And I got to this point through my own journey of losing over 200 pounds without Commercial dieting, and people coming alongside me and saying, "You got to show me what you're doing. You got to show me this because you're doing something that works." And for me, what I became a personal trainer and uh, got my nutrition certifications as a result of what my coaches, what my sports dietitian were teaching me about my body. I wanted to understand it, but. I have not always been an endurance athlete. I'm a marathon runner and long course triathlete. But I came into this space, like I said, through my own journey of losing over 200 pounds. It started with just habits and little things that snowballed into what I do today. And the very first thing I did was. Cultivate
0: the habit of drinking water. And can we, can we yes. So one of the things I so I, as I have a six year old and a fourteen year old. If you don't mind for the story, I personally would love to hear. Can you kind of briefly? And I want to. I can tell your enthusiasm. I can tell you guys are going to hear the audio of this. Since the moment Stephanie just came on my Zoom, she's been smiling, and you can tell there's this like. She's a happy person. No one has smiled as much. I smile a lot. You're smiling. I can tell you're very upbeat. You're very positive. If you don't mind, what I want to kind of also, I want to learn about. Can we get to the point when you hit your heaviest? If you don't mind. Yes. How did you get there? And then how did you decide I'm at my heaviest? I'm not going to be maybe even get. I hope I'm not offending if I'm asking. No, this.
1: no, not but at all. Can
0: we can we can we start at that be, even that beginning?
1: Absolutely. So I am the person that's been overweight my entire life. I was put on my first diet at five years old. So like this goes back decades. Okay. And you name the diet, I've been on it. I've gained and lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds in my life. Now, I've been in this setting for about seven, eight years now. But that point where enough was enough, was I was just unhappy. Everything looked good on the outside. I have this amazing husband. I'm an administrator for a nonprofit organization. I have all these great employees and everything looks great on the outside, but I'm unhappy and it has that ripple effect in all that I'm doing. And I knew in my heart of hearts, like it was not gonna be another diet that was going to make things better. But I knew something had to change. And you know we get back to the idea of the cup of water. I'm like, okay, there's one thing I can do. Like that, you know, it doesn't cost money, so it's not going to overhaul life.
0: It, it saves money, right? So you, so that's yeah. so that's cutting soda, cutting sugary drinks, things like that.
1: Right. And so it was then, you know, what is the small things that I can do? It was the drinking water. Then it was, let's quit going through the drive through twice a day because life's insane and cook at home. Didn't matter what I was cooking, but let's cook at home. Then it was, okay, being aware of what I am cooking. How does it make us feel? That was the point then that I was feeling better and starting to see how these small habits were bringing me some benefit. And just through the nature of drinking water, eating better, I was already losing weight. I had probably lost between 50 and 70 pounds before I even started exercising. And at that point though, I'm like, okay, I feel kind of good. Maybe we should try this exercise thing again. But still being that much heavier, I was very close to losing my mobility. And so in my mind, the only thing I could do was walk. And so it was walk to the end of the street and back and I want to die and I'm doing it in flip flops because putting on shoes is too much work. But that walk up and down the street becomes around the block around the neighborhood, and further and further, building up that stamina, building up that endurance. And I reached the point where, I don't know where this thought came from, because I'm the girl that fakes sick in gym class, but I wonder if I can run. And so again, it was one of these short distances. It was like 50 yards to a stop sign. All right, I'm going to run that far. And again, I'm in that place of, oh my gosh, I want to die. But it was very different than any movement before because like something lit up inside and I'm like, I got to figure out this fat girl running thing because there's something to it. And so I go home and do all the research. And then again, it's the buildup and the training and into 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, Jumping over into triathlon.
0: Yeah, I have to assume too. So you've seen Brittany runs a marathon.
1: Not my favorite movie.
0: Not, but but it was. But hold on. But I do love the part where she runs a block first. Like I'm just. By the way, if you haven't seen, there was a lot that didn't need to be in that movie. Is <laughs> yes. that if that's what is that what you're saying? Because I agree. You know,
1: you know, the intent of that movie was really good. Right. But it just it slightly missed the mark
0: and I agree, I agree. taking
1: out that shame of fat phobia and being a person that exists in a larger body like that part got missed a little bit
0: to try to get the message across oh, yeah i know i that one and then like i said part of the the relationship part i think the guy the guy was a little like annoying but like i like at the end like I think what I was able to do, because there's not many movies about running, I think what I was able to do, like you said, I was able to just be like, all right, well, look, at least this is a start and it's going to get hopefully marathoning if that's a sport even out there. But no, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I I love what what I'm saying is uh, the one thing about that movie, if anyone's ever seen it, a lot of runners, a lot of people listening to this podcast have seen that movie. It really is that. And I've spoken to an ultra runner a few uh, days ago for our podcast that you guys will hear soon. So... It's literally the what's next, what's next, what's next. Mm-hmm. And it does start with, even if it's in Brittany runs a marathon, it was one block. You know what I mean? So, but I, I interrupted you. Go ahead.
1: No, but that's exactly it. It's that buildup of progression. It's finding what you enjoy. It's mm-hmm. going through the training. And for me, that was lighting up that movement that was so missing from my life that I didn't know I was missing. You know, for me today, running and cycling still brings me peace, still brings me joy. Like all the rest of the world can disappear because it doesn't matter what's going on as long as I'm in motion. And so through this whole process of building up physically, losing weight, really paying very good attention to the habits I'm cultivating, the rest of life changes because, I like to look at the whole person, that physical, that emotional, that spiritual. And generally, if we're really building in one area, as I was working on that physical area, naturally, we have the desire to change everything else. So I was cleaning up my emotional and mental health. I was dealing with the fact I wasn't dealing with my own PTSD, And, you know, that spiritual growth for me had become very stagnant. So it's what can I do to continue to grow and thrive? So as this physical area is coming up, that emotional and that spiritual area kind of came along for the ride, that you have to kind of bring that whole person up to the same level. And that's where the results changed because not only was I literally running circles around myself in efficiency, the work that I was doing, but, you know, I talked about life looks great on the outside. I didn't realize how much people could see through that facade because I had people come back to me and say, very genuinely, they're like, you look so happy. Mm -hmm. And I had never been told that before in my life because I never showed it. It never came out of me. And even when I look at photos today of back when I had started versus now, like even my eyes look dead inside, like something truly changed across the board to help me not only feel better physically, make those changes, but have that outcome where I'm actually living my life. I'm an active participant in my life.
0: No, I think you you hit a nail on the head there in terms of living. I think, you know, a lot of people know my story, so I don't want to get into that, but I, I know you and I have just met, but I know there's people, and I'm glad that there's charities and, and hotlines and things for depression, but I think there's a large population of people who, while they may not be clinically depressed or suicidal, Mm -hmm. they're just going through the motions. You know what I mean? And I was, I was that when I was working for corporate America, I was working for a bank, putting people in credit card debt, making money. Right. But I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy while I do not want to, again, for people going through this, again, our our condolences. And obviously we, we wish and, and thoughts and prayers, but while I was not suicidal and not maybe clinically depressed, I wasn't happy, right? Mm-hmm. And it just going day to day, and then you're working for the weekends, and then the weekends come and go. But yeah, I'm. It's funny to hear you say that because I've never even myself on. I've never addressed that. You're just not happy. You're not enjoying. Like, don't get me wrong. You smile. You hear a joke. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you know. There's instances when you smile, right? but overall, you know, something's off. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Because how we feel physically and emotionally comes out in our actions. It comes out in our speech. It comes out in how we carry ourselves. So you can pretend all you want, but really there is that point where people notice.
0: Yeah. I want to also talk about it. You talk about that. You talk a little bit about motion and that's, um, there's a a lot that's there. If you want to, if we can unravel that for unpackage, unwrap that for a little bit. I use the example, I said this on on one of our episodes, I use Sundays, for example, especially we just had the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. So if I get out of bed on a Sunday and I go run and I get back from my run, it's funny. I'll be like, oh, you know what? The house needs to get vacuumed. The house gets vacuumed. Oh, you know what? to my wife and I he told me we need to go get groceries. We need groceries for the week. We go knock that out. We need to plan the girls' lunches. Do Like, I feel like just by starting that run, right? Mm-hmm. Then that leads to things and chores, you know, because even now, you know, I might have a different job now, but that doesn't mean my week isn't as busy as a full-time job, right? So the weekends are like, you know, taking care of the home, right? Taking care yeah. of the, what the kids need for the week coming up, things like that. But, and here's why I use football as an example, if I were to get up at let's say and and by the way some days you need this kind of a day so don't get me wrong but if I were to sleep in till 10 wake up get out of bed get coffee it's 11 12 o'clock the football pregame shows are on i then get lunch i sit on the couch i veg out watch football all day now you need those kind of days once in a while don't get me wrong but that's what that day is it's just a veg out day because there was no immediate motion and spring in my step out of bed nothing else happen the rest of the day. Does that make sense?
1: It completely does. And, you know, there is something to be said for the body in motion, moving our body. And I always tell people, I'm like, I don't have any expectation that you're going to enjoy running, cycling and swimming and all the things that I enjoy. But I can promise you that there is some form of movement That will make you happy, that you enjoy, that you're going to continue coming back to. Sometimes we need a little guidance and help to find what that might be, but it does exist.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny too, my cheats now, like, and it's funny because being locally in Delaware and some people kind of knowing, and obviously I always wear 6am run everywhere I go what's funny is there'll be a Saturday, Sundays more so. Sundays, the girls usually don't have games or anything. Someone will see me outside running at like 10, 30, 11 in the morning and they yell, it's not 6 a.m. Right. And I don't even sometimes know who the cars are. But to your point, listen, I will be the first to admit there's days and Sundays, especially where I'm like, I'm sleeping in. But again, I get up and when I get up, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to run now. Like, no, what you're saying really resonates with me. I'm 1000% sure. Um, as runners are either hearing this while they're running on their way to work, whatever it's resonating with them. One thing I know, and you know, can we go back to, you said you were an administrator for a nonprofit. Are you still that as well? No. Okay.
1: About two years ago, my husband and I worked together and it was one of those things that, through my journey, and you know, those around us grow too. My husband was doing his thing, and we had come to the point where we looked at each other and were like, "Are we really in the best place for us? Does this continue to serve our values, what we want in our life, in our marriage? And the answer was no." And It was one of those things that, well, for me, I had this business plan in my back pocket because I was trying to institute it among my peers and start to support those that were really in the same situation I am because of the nature of the work we did and kept coming up against walls. So I had shoved the business plan in the drawer and just said, oh, I'll do this in retirement. Well, when we said enough is enough, it's time for something different, my husband entered the workforce and I stepped out in faith and really that was like, okay, let's see if this is going to work and open my business. And in that, we even look at, and especially for me, I can tell you that any other point, I wouldn't have had the confidence to put myself out there. I wouldn't have had the... Even the clear thinking and that clarity to know where to go for support, to ask for help, to have that mentoring on the business side and really create something that I still get to serve people, but I get to serve people in a very specific way that really I am meant to serve because... I understand, I feel you, and this is what lights me up instead of I'm going to serve this broad audience.
0: Wow. Now, and you said you had your business plan, things in motion. I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. I know what I want to ask. Do you think your journey, I think, how can I want to ask this question? I don't want to knock anyone while I ask this question. But some trainers, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's all they've done all their lives. They've been fit their entire lives, right? I'm curious to know your journey, I think helps you. And I'm not trying to knock, there might be amazing personal trainers that have been fit their entire lives. So I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I've got to assume your personal battle probably gives you more ammunition to help your client's, overcome. Right. I mean, yeah. I just think it's, it's,
1: and I, I hear the question and yeah. I understand what you're saying. And I've had some amazing trainers that look like they could be bodybuilding models that that's not to knock anyone.
0: No, no, not at but
1: all. It's opening our minds to taking away that physical perception that often we get conditioned to look for in society. And look at knowledge, experience, empathy, what you can provide for someone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people resonate because they want somebody that looks like me, that has gone through what I've gone through, that can relate in a different way. Because we forget sometimes that fat is not a bad word and that not everyone's goal is necessarily weight loss you know a lot of people go to the gym seek out personal trainers participate in endurance sports or whatever it for different kinds of goals not everyone's goal is to be a certain weight on the scale and so we have to open up our minds to what are people here for and how can they be best supported
0: yeah. I never forget like, you know, and it's, it's listening to your clients. I'm sure one of the story I've never shared too. I never forget. I was at a gym. This was well before the pandemic. And, um, there was a trainer doing an assessment with a client and he asked the client, well, what do you like about yourself? And the guy was, and I could hear, I, I turned off my headphones. I just wanted to hear what, what this conversation was like. And I'm, I'm running and the guy goes, you know, my arms are good. He's like, I like my arms. He grabs his belly. He's like, I want to get rid of this, right? Mm -hmm. And I hear the trainer go, great, let's work on arms. I'm like, I'm sitting there running. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) I'm like, dude, get that guy on this treadmill right next to me and let's get him on some car. And I'm not a certified trainer. You know what I mean? But I'm like, let's get this guy some cardio. Let's get him walking. Let's get him moving. And also to, to, to your point, diet, like- Let's talk about what he's eating. He just grabbed his stomach and he said, this is what I want to lose. You know what I mean? And it was like, and I think that so many times I think that there's just so, you know, what I I think you were getting at and I interrupted you. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but it seemed like you were also getting at what works for some people. There's no blueprint, right? Like everybody is different. You know, we um, make nutrition for runners, right? I would love, and by the way, knock on wood, we have no really bad reviews or no one. Not again, knock on wood, no one said it's you know made me sick. But if someone says, look, you know your product is not making me feel right or whatever, and and by the way, when you eat something, that's just what happens. People's you know stomach, I, as crazy as sound. Not to compare people to animals. My dog, my anything that says the word chicken on it, my dog throws up if he has it. You know what I mean? There's chicken flavored food for dogs. You know, we have to get him more of the beef stock, like lamb or anything like that. Because if it's not that, if he eats, he'll eat it. And then I know I'm cleaning up, throw up and like, you know, so and I say that because it's like everyone's wired so different.
1: And it is. And that's something that sometimes we forget not only as individuals, but as professionals in what works for somebody else doesn't work for everyone. That's why there's 10,001 diets on the market is because it works for this segment of people, Mm -hmm. but for others, maybe not so much. And so really being able, like you said, listen, hear what people's needs are, and then tailor those needs to what's going to be beneficial is so important. Like, I love experimenting. I love being a problem solver in how can we move some of these pieces around to get you to where you want to be instead of, great, you walk in, here's your diet and calories plan, here's your workout, you know, let, let's measure some progress. That's not how it works.
0: Right. No, for sure. What do you say... Um, so let me ask you this and how strict are you personally or how like so for example for me anyone that knows me knows this i did new york city marathon that was about early november but right around halloween for me personally i love to be happy and enjoy my family time so it's like that thanksgiving through new years even like through super bowl and 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 just we just valentine's day for me that's about almost three and a half, four months of, I call it my cheat season, right? And it, it works for me, you know, I don't, and I'm still running by the way. So it's not like crazy, but during those three months, I put on anywhere between 15 and 20 pounds during those three months, mm-hmm. right? Then right around now, and this is literally, it's funny, you, you and I are talking at that time. That's when I'm like, and by the way, I curse a little bit, Stephanie, so I hope I don't offend you. Okay. But now I'm like, all right, get your shit together, homie. Mm-hmm. Now it's get ready for, good weather, you know, you're in Arizona, so you've got, you've got at least a a lot of good weather, but now for me, I'm like, all right, get your shit together, homie, get ready, Mm -hmm. get ready for spring and summer. And by the way, it's obviously easier to be more mobile when the weather's warmer, when you live in the cold weather States. So I think part of my weight gaining in winters is a little bit of just that hibernation, bear weight. You know what I mean? But why I say that is because it's like, but that's enjoyable for me, right? Like to enjoy if the girls bake cookies for dad, right? Like to enjoy that stuff. What is your thought on some, is that a moderation thing? Do you agree with that? If I came to you, what would kind of be any advice? Is that wrong? What are your thoughts there on something like what I do? And I, and I ask because I really want to know your opinion. And
1: it's not wrong if it works for you. Okay. That is where we have to be very clear. If it works for you, go for it. We all have that body autonomy that we know what's best for us. For me, I approach nutrition through the lens of intuitive eating and mindful eating. Okay. And so, yes, there is a gentle nutrition component where we make sure you're getting the nutrients that you need so that your body is operating in the best way possible. But at the same time, it's taking that restriction. It's taking that food police out of the equation. You know, I tell people, I'm like, I eat salad, but I eat cupcakes too. And it's all in understanding what does my body need? How does particular foods make me feel? Am I honoring those very innate hunger, satisfaction, and and fullness cues that we're born with? And really understanding then how food makes me feel, what optimizes it, what just does not serve me. Right. And at the end of the day, comes down to choice. Because yeah. we have the choice to eat something or not eat something, and it's gonna have good, bad, or indifferent consequences. Mm. So if something is not making us feel good, if it's having an effect that we don't like, Then we need to make a choice on, okay, is there a different time of day that we eat this particular food? Do we maybe just not eat it very often? Or do we say, I'm not going to eat it because it's not serving me?
0: Right. I think, too, you you kind of I think you maybe said something where I know I've changed. So we go, you know, a lot of times, especially the pandemic did made this a lot made this worse you know, DoorDash and Grubhub and things like that becoming so prevalent and easy, right? Mm-hmm. I can have anything warm, hot, still delivered to my house mm-hmm. for a $5 tip, you know what I mean? And not have to sit and pay restaurant fees. But what I've noticed that I've started doing is I look at the menu, right? I, I look at what's reheatable, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because I'm like, all right, look, if I can get this meal, it'll satisfy my hunger for it or my urge for it but also I can split it into two. Right. Mm-hmm. And cause I can't, if I eat a big lunch at work, I'm useless the rest of the day. Right? right. So it can still be something that's delicious. And maybe it's not, if you ate that whole meal, yes, it might be bad, but then, and my wife and I, and the beauty of having a partner, and I, I don't say this to, to knock any single folks, especially right after Valentine's day, but the beauty of having a partner is look, I'm going to get this meal. You get that. I'm I'm knowing going into that meal. This will also be my lunch tomorrow, which Mm -hmm. saves me money on buying lunch the next day. Right. And then also it's like, hey, babe, do you want to split a cheesecake a dessert? You know, you want a dessert, but let's at least do something cool with it. Let's split it. I'm not eating a whole cheesecake. You know, cupcakes are a little less than a whole slice of cake. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think what I'm getting from you too, is it's also, it's not, it's exactly. And we talked about, I said, how you came on the show smiling and, and I wish we did a little video too but it's, it's about staying happy, but also doing the right thing, I guess. Right. Not over Not. I I just stuffing my face. Like I used to when I was 20, that, that just can't happen anymore. Right.
1: And you make a lot of good points in like, if I ate this entire meal, I'm not going to feel so hot. Right. But if I split it into two meals, I've satisfied the craving, I feel good, I've got food for the next day, you have that understanding of what's helping you to thrive. Yeah. Like I give the example of pasta. I don't do so well eating pasta at night. Not my thing. It just, I, I wake up with a headache. It's like a brick in my stomach. Like, But if I do it at lunchtime and have you know whatever for lunch... Then I've got the energy for the afternoon. I don't hit that afternoon slump. So, you know, not only is it what we're eating, how we're eating it, but how does it affect who we are and what we do?
0: Yeah. Well, and in your time of day, you figure too dinner time, when you sit down majority, and I know some people, you know, I know family dinners are are, are something now that's really harder to do nowadays as technology and schedules, you know, grow and people's work schedules where they're working almost 24 seven nowadays. But I think to your point, when you sit typically, when you sit down for dinner, even though you may leave that dinner table, you're in a rest state the rest of the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not even just the pasta, anything is just sitting there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I totally get that 1000%. And I'm similar to that as well. I had to learn the hard way to vice versa. Sometimes you get so wrapped up in work, I forget to eat lunch too, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh man, now I know I'm going to go home, I'm going to stuff my face um, because I am starving. Right. Mm -hmm. I think what I've also learned is not to let my and look, it still happens. I'm not gonna lie, but try my best not to let myself get vanished. Right. Because that's only going to equal a wrong action. That's not help. That's not, you know, that's going to take more running or more energy to burn off, you know? So no, I am, you really hit, like, I think every point, like a lot of people go through, Please tell me all my things are really like answered. And we spoke about, was there anything, you know, we're kind of coming to the end, but I mean, we, we, I have a little bit of time. I'm in no rush by any means, but was there anything I I missed out you wanted to say to our group of, you know, amazing fitness enthusiasts? What did I forget something? Tell me, Stephanie, please.
1: Well, you're right in that they're all amazing because I follow y'all too. (laughs) But, you know, the one thing that, that we didn't touch on that I always think is important is that element of inclusivity. And I touched on it a bit in that, you know, not everyone's goal is weight loss Mm -hmm. and, you know, for the people listening that, that are runners, that are athletes that show up at these races you know, we often get that uh, mindset that people participating in X event look a certain way.
0: Oh, yeah, we did, yeah.
1: And so, like, for me, you know, while I lost a huge amount of weight, I still don't look like your stereotypical athlete to the point where it's very noticeable People looking at me when I show up to half marathons, marathons, longer endurance races. And it's one of those things that I know I've done the training, I've put in the work. I can go from start line to finish line and feel awesome at the end and cry at the finish line because I've actually done it again. But it's one of those things where we need to open up our minds a little bit that athletes, that those that are moving, have a lot of different goals, they're people, and we're there for the same reason you are, even though we might not look the same way.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, we. Uh, no, I'm glad you brought that up. And we talked in the pre-call, you know, running New York City Marathon, everyone's seen this, you know, you run or you do an event. I mean, they're always at and almost every event, especially in this day and age when the population is only growing. There's, of course, you're gonna have your people that look like Kokchegi that can do a marathon in, in under two hours. You're gonna have your pros, your Olympian athletes. That that just exists, right? But you are, you know, you have, you know, at almost every 5k, 10k. I love, you know, at 5k's uh, especially, you know, seeing people that are like, I'm gonna, ru- I'm gonna run this 5k. You know, it's for yeah. a good cause, and for them, they don't run at all, but for a charity, they're gonna do it, right? And part of our Instagram posts and families, I see that a lot. I see, you know, a, a gentleman or a, a nice young lady will be like, I'm, I'm doing this 5k. And again, it's not something they do. They look like they're going to die after it, but they're cool. They're, they're like, look, I, I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they might not be the, you know, fit person that you expect to run it. So, no, I love that aspect. I think that, you know, one thing i'll go back to on too it's not even also about the looks i think either you hit a certain age or you hit a certain point sometimes and i think the older i get it's the more i, I hate to say this but i don't care right so mm-hmm. if i look awkward running if i if i look out of shape you know i don't care what you think i'm going to still do this a gentleman i had on you know before you he was um he he he, he did running and weightlifting And a friend of his introduced him to Tai Chi where, you know, you kind of do it in the park and stuff. And he was like, at first he was like embarrassed. He was like, I'm going to do this like karate type movement in the park. Right. But then he got to the point. He was like, do I care what so-and-so thinks of me? If this thing calms me down, makes me happy, why do I care who's watching me do Tai Chi in the park?
1: Exactly. And it goes back to that whole thing of joy and movement. Are you enjoying it? Do you like it? Right. Then you go and do it.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I love this. I think that, you know, part of what we do and what we want to do on this podcast is to, you know, really motivate. And I'm feeling, you know, like I said, if there's everyone, no matter even if you're happy in your job, we kind of touched on that. You know, you might have some day to days that are repetitive and blah, blah. But that's what I love about doing these podcasts, meeting different people. Stephanie, you've got a great outlook. And for those, one last question, I guess I have, because I, I keep seeing literally maybe I think 30 medals behind you.
1: That's half of them.
0: The other half are over. Oh, here. my God. <laughs> Tell us real quick some of your biggest races, biggest accomplishments personally that maybe you didn't think at the time or even during. Man, I don't know if I'll finish. Do you want to just touch on some of your successes in the race kind of world and in, you know what our runners mm-hmm. probably also have experienced that you have too.
1: Well, first I swore I would never run a marathon that that was just one of those intangible things that would always be beyond me. But when I did my first 5k, it was a cup it was like a chamber of commerce color run here in my community. But when I did that first 5k, literally during the race, I'm thinking, okay, I need to do a half marathon. Right. And now the span between your first 5K and running a half marathon takes a little bit of time. But that first half marathon, you know, I live in a rural area. We don't have a lot of races. So for me, it's always where can we travel somewhere amazing? So my husband and I went to Bellingham, Washington for my first half marathon. Wow. And, you know, had this amazing road trip, spent some time in Seattle, visiting friends and a whole bunch of other things. So that first half marathon was like the first racecation, like that one sticks in my mind. But for me, it's always my first marathon. And like I said, I cried every finish line, but this was like inconsolable because it was one of those, I had a perfect training. Like this was like, I was going to do this. I had a perfect round of training. It was supposed to be like 50 degrees that day, sunny. It was a marathon attached to an ultra. So it was out in just above Las Vegas, beautiful scenery. We get there that morning and it's in the thirties and raining and it rained the whole time. It was the most miserable thing I ever did, but it was the best race because I was able to prove to myself in that moment that what I thought was completely impossible actually happened. And I joke that I bring the rain to every marathon that I do. So sorry for like Chicago Marathon back in 2018. That was all me. Sorry, because that was another race in the rain. I just bring it with me. I that
0: guess is, because it doesn't rain here. That, oh my God. So that's, I, I'll say I've never, so I, I'm not going with New York. I got very lucky this year. That's why I'm tempted to just say one and done and not go back. But my buddies all, they now they want to do it. They saw me do it. Rain running is the, its it's just, it's your socks. And I mean, it's-
1: It's miserable.
0: It's, it's miserable. It's to finish- it was funny. I was talking to a race director at the Expo of New York City and they get uh, back before COVID. I think this year they were trying to build it back up. It was the first year it was live again. But she said that on before COVID, they were at about 65,000 registered runners. If it rains, only 35, 40 show up. Like, see
1: For me, like if you if you've gotten to the point where you're either registered or qualified for a world major, I'm showing up whatever the weather is.
0: I, I don't know how many of the 20 or probably a few of that live there and like are like, I'll do it next year. <laughs> right? Because there is I will say you forget how big New York is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of New Yorkers that run it. But yes, you also have so many people that travel. So, but yeah, when she told me when the race director told me that that stat of, hey, if it rains tomorrow, 20,000 people aren't showing up. I was like, I I thought to myself, I was like, I I didn't say this. I'll say it now to you. I was like, I might be one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, this was a pleasure conversation. I'd love you to come back on as we continue to grow. And, And this is a story that doesn't they, I'm sure it c- continues to grow. I'm sure your story continues to evolve. love to have you on in, in a few more months. And uh, let me let you real quick say again, um, please, can you go ahead and plug your site, plug your information? We talked a little bit in our pre-call, mm-hmm. send me the stuff so I can put in the bio. Um, but let's, unless I missed something, but I definitely want to, you know, definitely close this out with you plugging every, guys, let me tell you, Stephanie, as I said, I, I, I'm not just saying this, you know, to thank her just cuz she gave us uh, her valuable time. Stephanie has been smiling the whole time. She's very you said it. It's a upbeat. It's a you know, you kind of broke my heart before when you said that you were felt dead before, but you really are I can tell you're just genuinely happy right now and I'm I'm happy for you to see that Stephanie. So, yeah, no, I'll let you kind of close this out and tell us where we can find you and and I of course I'm going to stay in touch with you and and I think our runners get a amazing dose of your positivity here and there whenever we can have you on, please.
1: Absolutely. Well, I am all over social media at some iteration of Heart and Soul Fitness and Wellness. And soul is spelled S-O-L-E, like our running shoes. But the easiest way to find me is my website, heartandsoulsolefit.com. On my website, all my goodies, my blog, anything you need. There's also a place where you can schedule a pre call with me. And that's not, I'm going to sell you my services. It's, we're going to talk about your wellness. What are your goals? And what do you want to accomplish? Right, And because I know I'm not everybody's perfect fit. And if I am great, but if not, I've cultivated a large referral network of people I know, people I trust that let's get you set up with somebody who's going to help move you toward where you want to be.
0: Yeah. No and that right there you know I don't know anyone that's that honest or gives up the time you know for a free consult so guys yeah we'll we'll share all that in the bio Stephanie I'll say too I'd love to work with you on some of your blogs maybe we can cross promote you can share that with our audience you know we always try to provide them educational pieces any kind of things that you can provide that can help it's funny I I've started this company but it's really it's networking with individuals like yourself that have done it a little bit longer than I have, and that's the experts I, I pull from. So, would love to continue to talk to you, and definitely want to work with you in the future if, you, if you're if you're okay with that. Oh, I'd love to talk about that some more. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Stephanie, to all the runners out there and all the listeners, and and as our show continues to grow. Again, I, I got to say thank you, Stephanie. You know, we have such valuable guests now giving us their time. And and I'm so excited to have Stephanie's company grow, this podcast grow. So I'm very thankful. And, and again, thank you, Stephanie. And we'll talk more for sure soon. All right, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Stephanie.
1: Thank you.